This episode of The Startup Life is brought to you by the Risk Management Society. Startup Nation, the Risk Management Society, or RIMS, is a global organization dedicated to the profession of risk management. For nearly 60 years, RIMS has delivered the latest strategies and resources that allow risk professionals to grow, innovate, and succeed in any business. RIMS works with industry leaders to produce content and online training that business professionals turn to. Topics include business continuity, cyber risk, risk management techniques, the fundamentals of insurance, and more. There is also a private members-only site where people can discuss sensitive issues and get honest answers. Members have been leaning on each other as we all navigate this global pandemic. If you're concerned about the safety of your employees and the sustainability of your organization, you need the resources and connections RIMS provides. Learn more at go.rims.org forward slash startup life. If you listen to the replay on the podcast, we have a link there in the show notes. You can save 25% off a year long membership. So if you're ready to get the resources and strategies you need to manage risk, go with RIMS and join their global network of over 10,000 members across more than 60 countries. It's time to be about that life, the startup life. Here's your host, Dominic Lawson. All right, Startup Nation, so I hope you're ready to receive some value today. My name is Dominic Lawson, and this is The Startup Life, the show for entrepreneurs and career-minded professionals. You know, Startup Nation, from the inner city of Detroit to the rural parts of Wyoming, entrepreneurship is rising like never before. However, with that rise, we are also seeing areas, like I mentioned, becoming banking deserts as more physical branches start to close. However, there is a leader in the small business lending space that has a solution to that problem, and we just so happen to have the co-founder here today to break it all down. She is a graduate of Furman University, where she majored in English literature. In 2017, Forbes named her as the 98th most powerful woman in the world. She is also the co-founder and COO of Cabbage, which provides financial services, including financing to small businesses, using real-time verified data to acquire customers, underwrite, and manage risk. She is Catherine Petralia. KP, how are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me. All righty. Uh, so let's go hop into it. If you would, just kind of share your origin story, if you would, if you don't mind, uh, Catherine. Um, well, I spent some half hour me to go back with my parents, grew up in the South. I'm teasing. Um, so I am. I, <laughs> <laughs> it's really, actually, I do, what I do th- I love about my parents' story is they were both sure. the first people in their families to graduate from high school. Okay. And they both wound up with, with graduate degrees. My dad was an attorney. My mom um, got her PhD. And, um, and I think that was great for me to watch how education was important to them. Right. And so it was always important to me. And learning was always important and curiosity. So I think um, I love telling that part of their story. They grew up in, you know, the deep south, southwest Georgia. Gotcha. And, um, and so, you know, they, it, was a, it was a hard scrabble time for them. Um, and so I, I benefited from, from their work too, but I was studying literature in graduate school, frankly, cause I didn't know what the hell I wanted to do. I, was like, well, I guess I'll be an English professor. Cause I don't know. Um, and I was exposed to technology. My parents got me a computer when I was nine. So that was in 1979. I'll be 50 in two weeks. Okay. And, um, I, um, I always thought technology was interesting. I wasn't a coder, but I liked technology and could use it. And so in 1994, when I was in graduate school and I was exposed to a company, doing data compression, kind of like what Silicon Valley, what uh, Pied Piper was doing in Silicon Valley. Right. Um, and I was like, that's really cool. You could use the internet to solve like a real world problem. And I never looked back. 
Um, so Cabbage is my seventh startup. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, you know, how does one go from uh, studying English lit to starting one of the uh, premier uh, lending institutions in fintech? I like to say anybody can be anything and anybody can do anything. I didn't have to have a computer science degree or a business (laughs) degree to do this. I just needed to spend time in the industry. I am. I started, I had my first startup was in 1995, mm-hmm. the first one that I started. Um, it was an e-commerce platform, kind of like what SkyMall used to be. But right. I was dumb and 25 and didn't know enough about how to raise money and get that thing started. And I wound up going into this internet consulting firm where I was exposed to a, a credit card lender that wanted to put their application online. And that was my first fintech job, if you will. And um, I wound up, you know, working at multiple fintechs. Cabbage is my fifth. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's just about doing something long enough that you're an expert. And, and I think that's really important for businesses. You need People need to believe that you are an expert in your field. It is really important to be confident, to be knowledgeable, and to be able to communicate that knowledge and experience. And I think we can all kind of put that in the entrepreneurial toolkit as far as like uh, uh, what Catherine was just saying. So I appreciate you sharing that, uh, Catherine, for sure. I, I want to ask you this because I know we're, we're dealing, we're in this era of COVID and I know uh, Cabbage was processing uh, PPP loans. Kind of talk about that process because I know when the PPP loan first kind of uh, came out, there was a lot of like uncertainty. There was a lot of, you know, it was, it's new and people were trying to figure things out. I know a lot of branches here locally uh, wasn't really sure what was going on. How did Cabbage kind of, you know, go through that process and go through the part of like figuring out, but ultimately helping the customers? Well, you know, our platform has been automated from the very beginning. My daughter started serving eBay businesses because Mm -hmm. there was an eBay API that gave my co-founder the idea for starting Cabbage in the first place. And so we've always been automated. And when we learned about the PPP, we thought, well, we can automate that. So we, in two weeks, basically converted our platform from making, you know, lines of credit, providing lines of credit to automating the ingestion, classification, extraction of data, um, and submission of PPP loans to the SBA. So 80% of the 260,000 plus approved um, applications that we've processed have been fully automated. And that's how we've been able to serve the smallest of businesses. And the beauty of what Cabbage does, like you use uh, data and more to kind of verify how you, how you, you not only how you process the PPP, but also how you lend out money. Can you kind of share with us a little bit about how that works? Um, For sure. So the way it works in our traditional businesses, our customers share data with us that we use to make a lending decision or or an approval decision for other products because we also have a checking account product and payment Mm -hmm. processing products. Um, but the idea is we can look into your checking account or your accounting platform or your payment processing information and sort of gauge business performance and predict future performance. And so we're also able to verify identity so we can be sure that you are who you say they are, right. say you are. And that's all part of the platform that we build. And then all of that was frankly important for PPP. Sure. But we'd never process an SBA loan in our lives right. until April. So you mentioned checking account. That's kind of why we wanted to talk to you today, because you announced last month that you're uh, unleashing a new product there at Cabbage. You want to talk about that a little bit? Absolutely. We are launching a checking account for small businesses. Um, the reason we wanted to launch that product is because we learned from our customers over time that even though they had checking accounts at their banks, they weren't being served. They were potentially being charged a lot of fees. Um, they were getting NSF fees. They weren't getting early access to their deposited funds. 
especially if those funds took the form of checks. Um, and they didn't have easy access to do other things like wires and ACH transfers and bill pay. And um, But they needed to write checks. So there are a lot of neobanks that right. exist that basically take a prepaid or stored value card and try to turn it into a bank account. PayPal's been doing that for 20 years. It's not new technology. Right. Um, but our customers need checks. So we took the hard road and said, okay, we're going to offer a real live true checking account for small businesses with a 1.1 APY um, so that our customers are able to earn money on their money with earlier access to deposited funds and with no overdraft fees. And Startup Nation, if that's something you want to check out, you can get actually get uh, on the wait list there. If you go to cabbage.com forward slash checking, we have a link there in the show notes for easy access if you listen to the replay on the podcast. And I'm on the website right now and I'm looking at some of the features and there's two that are interesting to me. The one is the wallet uh, that you can create up to five wallets to track uh, savings goals and manage your cash flow, and also the virtual card. Can you talk about those a little bit? Uh, sure. So the, the the purpose of the wallet is to allow people to save money for specific items. One of the things we've heard from our customers that the real challenge is quarterly taxes that they have to pay. Mm. So being able to automatically put funds in a particular bucket and segment that for future needs is really useful to our customers because you know they're running they're running everything about their business. They are, you know, making the cookies and buying the flour and right. serving the customers and running the books at night. And it's really challenging. So when they look in their account and they see how much is there, it's hard for them to predict, oh, I've got to pay my taxes. How much is that going to be? When do I have to pay it? What am I going to have left? And I've got payroll to process. We're able to predict all of that for them. We have an insights platform that runs across all of our products that can predict cash flow and cash needs over time. Uh, and the, uh, the second thing... Yes, yeah, sure. Oh, sorry. You asked about the virtual card. Yeah, yeah sure. Go for it. Um, so there will be a debit card that yeah. comes with the account and you can... Um, th- there will be a virtual card for that so that you can use those, get the card and um, start making purchases online immediately. And that's separate from a card that you can put in your digital wallet, like let's say you use Apple Pay or Google Pay. Um, you're able to add your card to your wallet as well. For sure. For sure. Thank you uh, for sharing all of that. Is, is there any extra benefits? Like if you already have a, a, a cabbage loan or a cabbage relationship, is there any extra benefits with the checking account or is it just kind of straight up? It is what it is. I think the biggest benefit is going to be if we already know you and right. you have say a line of credit with us and you have a, a large check deposit, for example, where a bank might hold that for over a week sometimes, depending right. on the amount, yeah. we're able to give you access to those funds. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. And Startup Nation, the reason why I want to have uh, Catherine on the show is because uh, there are a lot of, you know, uh, banking deserts, if you will, uh, out there uh, as, you know, entrepreneurship begins to grow. And I, I actually came across a Yahoo Finance article that I wanted to ask you about where it talked about, you know, uh, you know, uh, for those who that in those places that have those banking deserts, a lot of times they have to rely on check cash in place and, and payday loans uh, for those services. Why was it important for you to uh, have that checking account now? Well, it's something we already planned. We started okay. working on it early last year. Okay. So this it just happens that we launched it now. In fact, our, our launch our launch wasn't really even delayed due to COVID because we had teams that were working on it through the whole process, right. but. But we, um, but we want that it was important for the same reason that we thought our original line of credit product was important. You mentioned these banking deserts. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of businesses only have access to one bank, especially if they're a rural bank or you know if they if they live in an area where there aren't a lot of banks around them. 
And this way, we're able to serve everyone. We believe we democratize access to financial services because it doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter. We don't know the color of your skin. We don't know your gender. We don't know many things about you, but we understand your business performance. So as a result, we actually have twice as many women and minority-owned businesses in our core customer population as exists in the general business-owning population because we're blind to that. And our customers come to us because of that, too. I want to ask you this because, you know, Cabbage has been around for a a few years now, and you're kind of a pioneer uh, in the space. Have you ever just thought, just sat back and just thought about, like, you know, uh, the the, the growth of Cabbage and how far you guys have come? Um, You know, I... I don't really operate that way okay. as an entrepreneur, as a okay. business person. I'm, I'm not a big goal setter. We've always just, we just want to do more. We want to meet our customers where they are. We want to give them what they need. And our goal is just to learn as much as we possibly can, possibly can about our customers. And I don't think I, re- I, one of the biggest surprises and delights of Cabbage for me has mm-hmm. been learning about our customers and understanding the impact that serving the smallest of small businesses has. So there are 32-ish million small businesses in the U.S., 90% have fewer than 20 employees, 80% have fewer than 10. And that's the population we serve, and that's the population that banks have a hard time serving. They can give you a checking account, but they'll charge you a lot of fees, and that's about all you're going to get from them. So I'm just so excited by how we've been able to help create jobs and support businesses and help them grow, and and also understanding how vital they are to the economy. I, I hear that. And I appreciate you sharing that because Startup Nation, we're always looking for great partners uh, on our entrepreneurial journey as we grow our businesses. And Cabbage is a great uh, one to have in your corner for uh, lending purposes, but and now also for uh, for checking as well. So once again, go to Cabbage.com. We have a link there in the show notes for easy access if you listen to the replay on uh, the podcast. Now, uh, Catherine, I, through my prep, I saw that you're not, you know, you're the co-founder and the CEO of the company, but you're not above calling customers and handling customer uh, issues and, and complaints and, and helping customers as well. Kind of talk about why that's important for not only for you to do that, but for your team to uh, see you doing that as well. Well, I mean, during COVID, it's mm-hmm. been all hands on deck. For we sure. needed people to talk to customers. Customers were contacting me. We were reviewing, you know, 80% of the applications were processed, um, you know, were automated, but 20% weren't. We had a lot of customers to deal with and they were having a hard time getting through to customer care. So I found myself, you know, calling customers on the weekend, talking to customers on the phone. And I do think it is important to lead by example mm-hmm. so that our folks know that it's really important to take care of customers. Um, but another good thing is it helped me see things in the system that we could improve, other things that we could automate, areas of opportunity for, um, you know, helping the customers have a better experience. And so if, if you can, you know, get into and dig into your product in that way, um, it gives you many more opportunities to improve it. If I could ask a follow up, because, you know, has there was there is there a story that you can share with us where you, you were answering phone calls and you can be on that grassroots level and it kind of unearth an idea or unearth an uh, innovation within Cabbage? Well, what I would say is I'm not sure to call it an innovation, but what, okay. what we learned is that our customers, I kept finding all these customers in our system who there were two different things happening. They okay. would check that they were a seasonal business. And if they check seasonal business and they have to provide very specific documents for that, but it turned out they didn't really all realize what seasonal meant. It's a very specific definition. Their point was, oh, well, I have seasonality. I have fluctuations in my revenue, but that's not what a seasonal business is. A seasonal business is I sell ice cream on Coney Island in June, July, and August. Mm -hmm. And that is it. That's a seasonal business. And so we went back through 
to contact those customers and explain what a seasonal business was. And we were able to process all those applications. Another thing that was happening is people were confused by were they a single LLC or an LLC? And, you know, did they have employees? So seeing where customers were struggling to understand um, the process, because it is a confusing process, especially if you're a sole prop or an independent contractor, like there's a lot of documents and words and forms you've never seen before. And so um, being able to understand how to explain that better to our customers so they could make the right selection uh, made a huge difference. For sure. Thank you for sharing that. I want to transition a little bit. How has, you know, uh, COVID kind of impacted, uh, you know, the way you do business, you know, you, per- you personally, I do understand in my prep that you actually think you may have uh, uh, had COVID for a little bit for a while. Can I talk about that a little bit? It wasn't. I did have it in um, early March. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know it at the time because, right. of course, you couldn't get tests. But I just had a cough. It wasn't a big deal. It was really easy. In fact, we just found out our three-year-old has antibodies as well. So he was sick and we didn't know. But my husband and our 19-year-old son didn't get it. So who knows? Um, but, you know, I, I think from my perspective, I still try to be careful. If you get back to that lead by example thing, right. you know, most people would say it's highly unlikely I will get it again. But I still wear a mask and I still wash my hands and I still take care because, Again, you know, it's important that we do as much as we can to protect everybody around us, especially those who are the most vulnerable. And it's certainly been a fascinating process for everybody to work virtually. We, like overnight, went from everybody in an office to everybody in their house. And it went pretty well. And it, people, a lot of people really liked it. Um, And a lot of people were more productive. So that was just, I've always been a little bit against work from home um, Mm. because I feel like there's so much important of colliding with people in the office, it's hard to create those collisions, um, you know, virtually. But at any rate, our team has really reacted with the plum, and I couldn't be prouder of our whole company for the miraculous work. We just passed Chase the other day in PPP lending volume. We are now the second, um, we, we've made the second most PPP loans of any other bank in the country. Wow. Wow, because you were third for a minute, and now you're second because you just say you passed chases. I assume Bank of America is still number one. I am. We are. We are nipping at their heels. Gotcha. Fair enough. Fair enough. I appreciate uh, you sharing that. Quick question, because you know, you, you, quick follow up. You, you talked about you know being uh, kind of against working from home. You know, once we get past this thing, w- would your feelings kind of change a little bit about that? You no, know, seems that you know your team has I, yes. some sales and stuff like that. Okay. They uh, we we've asked them, what do you want to do? About half the people say they want to keep working from home. A lot gotcha. of people like an office environment. Gotcha. But I'm you know whatever works. I'm I'm. I will say that my mind has definitely changed about that. For sure. For sure. Thank you for sharing that. Once again, Startup Nation, we're wrapping up with Catherine uh, Petralia, co-founder and COO of Cabbage.com. I want to ask you this. What's your entrepreneurial superpower and why? I'm generally pretty calm under a storm. My co-founder always likes to say that um, I've taught him that things are never as bad as they seem or as good as they seem. Fair enough. So being able to stay calm to sort of look through the chaos and and figure out you know how to take the next steps that's probably my superpower that's a hard that's a hard question to answer gotcha well let me ask you this about about staying calm where do you think that comes from do you think that comes from you know uh growing up uh you know and learning from your parents is that because you went through uh seven startups yourself or is that being from uh being a mom like where does that calmness come from I've always 
been that way. My mom always calls me a rower. No matter how much water's in the boat, I just keep rowing. Mm. And I, I'm I'm not very goal oriented. Like I can't tell you what my ten year plan or my five year plan or Fair my enough. ten minute plan is. I just don't plan that way. I just right. I just take life as it comes. And I think that probably I think I was born that way. I don't know. Fair enough. Fair enough. I appreciate that. And before I ask the last question, I just want to say thank you so much for your time. Thank you uh, for sharing all your insight. And once again, Startup Nation, that uh, website is cabbage.com. We have a link there in the show notes for easy access if you want to uh, if you listen to the replay on the podcast and go ahead and sign up for that uh, that wait list to be on uh, for their checking account. I think it's very fascinating. It's something you want to put in your entrepreneurial toolkit. I'm actually going to turn the microphone over to you, Catherine, because there's a there's a, a, a startup founder out there that's feeling a little discouraged right now, especially with everything going on. Give us some words of encouragement to take us out for today, if you don't mind. There is always opportunity in chaos, no matter how bad things seem. If you look around, you'll see a glimmer of an opportunity, of a way that you could change your business, of um, a business you could get into that you've always wanted to, that um, that you never had the opportunity to before. I, I think no matter how bad things get, I mean, the, the American entrepreneurial spirit is very strong. Uh, we are, you know, driven to, you know, be our own bosses, to build new things, you know, to, to be innovative. And I think if that's your mindset, if you're an entrepreneur, you're always going to find that opportunity. And if you don't do it, someone else will. So it might as well be you. Thank you for sharing that. And that's going to wrap up this session of the Startup Life. Catherine, thank you so much for coming on the show. We really appreciate your time. I appreciate you having me. Thanks so much. No worries. And as always, Startup Nation, if you have an idea, be about that life, the Startup Life. If you want to let us know what you think about our show, have an idea for a show topic or would like to advertise on our show, send us a message on the Startup Life Podcast Facebook page. And while you are there, like and follow our page as well. It's a great way for us to engage with you, Startup Nation, and really grow our community. The link is there in the show notes. Subscribe to the show as it can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, or even on your Facebook timeline or any other platform you like to get your podcast. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts and you find our content valuable, please give us a five-star rating as it will help us climb the charts and help more people find our show. You can also listen to the show on the Startup Life Podcast new website. There you will find the all-new startup blog where I write on many topics that are interesting and helpful to you on your path to entrepreneurship. And hey, if you have an idea, be about that life, the startup life. Oh,